everybody, welcome back to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am Jahanan, the board game guru and game master extraordinaire. Casualty CDG, a retired child crimes and human trafficking detective, turned tabletop titan and improv comedian. But you could call me Gary. And I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the funhouse, Drew Munhausen, and I just cracked open an energy drink as we start our our um double digit episode a fresh out the podcast i believe this yes. is our 10th episode, episode so 10. we did it guys we've made it 10 <laughs> weeks that's not bad no we definitely we stuck with it and it's been fun i am i am thoroughly enjoying it um but i'm just just it's been a long day i'm a little tired i got my energy boost here do y'all have energy drink preferences if you decide to get a energy drink beverage what what's your go-to i um so i don't know if you knew this about me but i used to play a lot of video games and i still do play a lot of video games i went through a time in high school where i drank a lot of energy drinks and uh, so there were different periods of my life where i have preferred different energy drinks uh so i would say that that there was a time when i liked Balls. That's B A W L S. B A W L S was the uh, shit back then. So it's like blue. It's like blue balls, right? That's kind of their joke, and that's pretty <laughs> tasty. I um, remember that drink. Do they still make that? Is that still yes. their energy drink that's out there? I think so. Yeah, there used to be a place over on like North Highway Six near Clay Road where I could I could get balls, and I would stop there on the way home after work and pick some up. Um, but now now there's a monster. And it's called chaos and it's an orange can it's called yes. an energy juice instead of energy drink and it's got like a ton of orange juice in it and so it is a breakfast energy drink it will get you going it's so tasty girl i will tell you uh, yeah that's my jam now uh yeah so back in the day i was a big monster guy i drank balls <clears throat> i drank a lot of jo- jolt cola uh twice the caffeine and they were like this big, which I'm holding my hands, bigger than my face. Uh, they were bigger than my face. Uh, they had the blue like one. Because it's just, it just tastes like a, a good Coke. It's just a giant Coca-Cola with double caffeine. Uh, and then Monster Energy, uh, Chaos was my shit. And then I went to Original Flavor, stuck with it. Uh, and then Nerd. I used to really like Nerd. Those taste good. But now I can't drink energy drinks uh, or I'll have panic attacks. Oh no! Oh no! But my favorite energy drink could be G Fuel if they pay us. So you know, you know, I was I was driving home from I'd stayed up in in Norman, Oklahoma. I had a friend named Drew who was going to OU up there, That's and I stayed with him. Uh, and we we stayed up and like party or drank or something like until like four in the fucking morning, and I had to go at seven in the next morning. And so I grabbed two of the six-hour energy drinks, or what, what are these, three-hour, four, whatever the fuck. Like the little shots? The little, yeah. I grabbed yeah. two of those little shots. I pulled out of your apartment complex you were staying at. I stopped at, like, a Walgreens down the street across the corner. I went in, got two of those little energies, chugged them both, and, like, an hour down the road, I started just, like, shaking and sweating 
and had to have just the poops over and over the whole way <laughs> oh, no. the whole way from Oklahoma back to Houston and so that was that was my one experience with those energy shots oh uh, I am drinking a sugar-free Red Bull um, so that means it's low in calorie and in no sugar and low in carbs so that means it's good for you I heard that Fair. Red Bull sent you those because you're such a good podcaster that you and only you were sponsored by Red Bull Man, if I was, I would give them all the plugs. I'm giving them a free one right now. If they want to sponsor me, I I would accept it. I would take it. That'd be a good one. Yeah, no, I used to work at a place in the Heights at a restaurant, uh, and they drink so much of exactly what you're drinking, the, the Zero Sugar Red Bull. They, they bought it by the case, and they kept it in the walk-in, and they drank. One of the chefs must have drank in three a day, and I'm talking tall boys, and I'm like, dude. Like, there's no way that's good for you. Um, well, perfect. That uh, again, I keep saying this at the beginning of these shows. Quality podcasting, guys. This is just this is just the content. You know, we have our discussions, we have our fresh takes, but this is the stuff that people really want to know. They want to know what you know about our personal lives. What kind of energy drinks do we drink? This is. I this think is that I, I know that you're being a little a little facetious here. But I think that really we could probably make a channel where you just ask us questions and then we answer them. <laughs> like I, I think Maybe that could go bit. on. I think that could go on for seasons where you, you just ask us different things and we answer them. It's just a lot of how my brain works. You know, like if there's something that I like or do, you just have that thought of like, I wonder how other people do this kind of mundane thing. I actually, people probably have their own weird way of doing it. I have I have one that's actually I have a question that's been burning a hole in my mind uh, for a couple of days and I haven't asked anybody. You guys mind if I just bring a random question? Go on ahead. You? Who's your favorite like current pop star? I because like, I when I'll, you say pop star. Well, I'll start just... and I'll give you like I I'll tell you why I'm pick the per I, I'm gonna pick Katy Perry. Because I think Katy Perry is, you know, she's not a rock star, right? She, that's pop. It's pop music. She does pop. Uh, singing and dancing and lights and colors and the songs are catchy as fuck, you know. Pop. Pop music. Um, I and mean, I just... Ever since, like, um, extraterrestrial, I thought Katy Perry was the shit. And it, she also looks like that actress from New Girl, Zoe Deschanel. And I also love Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, it is. So it's like a pop star version of an actress I already like. Uh, plus, Dark Horse goes like hard as fuck. <laughs> okay, so when you first asked this question, I wasn't sure if you were just saying celebrity in general or specifically like musician pop star. Like yeah, so pop I think I'm guessing I, I'm, what I mean is musician pop star. Who's your favorite current pop star? I, I See, I would say uh, if you say anyone other than Billie Eilish, you're wrong. Uh, she's the best right now. So. I didn't know that Jahan was a tween. I didn't know Jahan I am, listened to Billie Eilish. I am a grown man, and I love Billie Eilish, so. I actually couldn't name a, a Billie Eilish song. Unironically and unashamedly, I, yeah. I do enjoy Only, I know she's music. doing the, uh, she's done the most recent Bond uh, song you know every every bond movie these days comes out and has like a theme 
from a pop star and she does the one for no time to die which which they released the song like a year ago when they over a year ago when they thought the movie was going to come out in april and then it got delayed you know seven times and i think we're actually going to see it next month but it's neither here nor there she yeah she's she's the new bond musician she's very talented That's, that means something uh, and right, also, Drew. honorable mention um, to uh, BTS. Oh gosh, but for for my answer, I'm a really terrible person to answer this because I don't listen to a lot of pop music. But what like my go to is is JT is Justin Timberlake. I, he had he had reached a point where I was like, is anybody gonna get bigger than JT is at, at this? moment um, <laughs> not to say he's the biggest ever but there have been times where he it seemed like he was the biggest pop star on the planet right i tried uh i've tried going back recently and listening to like the the new justin bieber stuff that's you know i know he's still hot right he didn't fade into obscurity he is still I like bieber's newer stuff i did not i did not like it and i wanted to give it a fair shot because it's you know it's not fair to say i didn't like his stuff 10 years ago because he was a child right so he was doing different things but I still, I don't, I don't care for his sound now. It's just an aside. I like his one song uh, about being lonely and sad. It's everyone's gonna have, every musician, every artist is gonna have a good song. All of them. You're bound I, I to. Don't, I don't think that's true. You're bound to. <laughs> I don't think I like that's Jay- necessarily true. I like Bruno Mars. Does Post Malone count as a pop star? Yeah, sure. I like Post Malone, for the most okay. part. So you've got a couple. I'd say Bruno Mars. That's a pop star. Post so yeah, Malone. I think Pre Malone is better. All right. See, we should have moved on right before he yep. said yep. that. that was it. He did it. He did it again. Man, yeah. we just are looking forward to podcast night, and then Jahan in the first five minutes busts out one of those jokes, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna turn my mic off now. And I, walk pull him, away. I pull. I pull him out of my case. Looks like we're running over time, guys. Thanks for joining us on that casual TCDG on Twitter. (laughs) Let's talk Gamescom, right? That's the big discussion topic, which actually Gamescom took place. We're a couple weeks removed from it, which I think gives us... I don't think that's a bad thing, right? It's time for some of these... um, some of these announcements to have sunk in and to really form some opinions or even some of them might have had more news that came out. But um, what what do y'all... So I guess I'll I'll just say I was looking forward to the Microsoft press conference at Gamescom because I'm an Xbox guy and I did tune in to watch some of it and I just remember the announcements weren't as big or as, you know, star-studded as I thought that they had potential to be. Um, but that being said, there was some news at a Gamescom that I was interested in. But what? How about y'all? Oh yeah, there's some some big big announcements in the world of gaming. Some long-awaited stuff uh, like Elder Ring, uh, and then some very unexpected things that I had never heard of is it, before. Is it Elder Elder Ring or Elden? It's Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. Elden Ring. Uh, and I was not expecting what I saw from that. And then they just had a bunch of new IPs. Uh, so they had stuff that's been on the back burner for a long time coming up. You get to see progress, finally. Uh, you had a lot of, you had some reboots that I'm excited for, some, uh, old IPs coming back, uh, and coming forward, and then you have some completely new IPs that I'm very excited for, so it, it was, it was a cool, cool conference. 
So I, I I pulled up a oh I'm sorry and Gary did you have anything I'm sorry if I cut you no, off. No, I was actually going to say I didn't watch Gamescom. I don't really know what exactly was announced. I just know that a bunch of things have been announced recently. So I'll just I'll just jump in and out of this because I I know that there's a bunch of games coming out. I just don't know particularly you know what Gamescom was. I pulled out a, a list here. This is actually from uh, Tech Radar's website. And it's there just a list of some of the, the top Gamescom announcements to kind of help us to organize our thoughts. So credit to them because they're doing the real work here. Um, uh, you know, of course, the first thing they mention is the Saints Row reboot um, that's coming out, which which I know Gary complained to me in our chat about it being, you know... The, just the cinematic trailers that are all the rage now that they release these trailers to hype you up, but they don't really show anything. They don't show any gameplay, which this is absolutely guilty of. But um, are you at least excited for the idea of it or the, what it what what it hopefully will be? So Johanna is actually also a huge Saints Row guy, and yes. I think both of us have a really similar idea of what we want this to be. Neither one of us are upset that they have gotten rid of the old characters. Uh, like, Johnny Gat's not going to be in it anymore. They've got new new face. And maybe he will, right? Maybe there will be a cameo. Who knows? Maybe he'll be on a mission. But they're not the main part of your crew anymore. So people are upset about that. As an old fan of the series that's played literally all of them, I, okay, that's fine. Had enough of those characters. <laughs> Uh, I'm cool with replacing them. We, Jahan, Jahan and I both, right? I, I, we talked about this the other day. We did. We Saints, talked about Row, Saints Row 1 was kind of like a GTA clone, except that there were even more inappropriate things around the world. And then Saints Row 2, I feel like they had really hit their stride where they got into this more colorful world with a little bit more crazy lore. Saints, and they had Saints like Row the, 2 is where they really found themselves. Yeah, they had like the Luchador gang and uh, like the Voodoo gang. There was, <laughs> like the, the military technology gang, right? Yeah. Smart, yeah. So it was really kind of themey and fun and, and uh, outlandish. And by the time they got to Saints Row 3, they went like full, uh, literally, gimps pulling a carriage down the street that you have to chase while you're using a dildo bat. Yeah. Yep, like, yep, yep, yep. it's like they 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 were going they too went far. Full ridiculous. Yeah, Saints Row 3, they went ridiculous, yeah. silly. And then Saints Row 4, they completely lost the mission. Saints uh, Row 4, they literally added superpowers to the yeah. series. Like, same, I think it was literally the same map from Saints 3. Did I buy it? Yes. Did I play it? Yes. Did I have a blast? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's, it's not that good. It was not a Saints Row game. It was like a bad version of Crackdown, which has only gotten worse with time as well. And so there's been a lot of backlash since they showed this new game. This new Saints Row game takes place in, uh, like, California, I think. Nevada, around there. Uh, and it's... It's a complete. They started from the ground up. It's up and comers again. You know they're hungry again. It's new again. Uh, the only way they could have done another game, like what was what would be next? It would have been a god simulator or something. You know right. what I mean? Like there was they ran out of room. The last one that they had down. was Gat Out of Hell, which was a Johnny Gat story about how he died and went to hell, and it was a musical adventure Johnny Gat game. It wasn't 
a Saints Row game. It was just something so they they like pushing the envelope and and they got well past fucking stupid a long time before that and it was fucking stupid. I uh, yeah, it it got I'm a huge fan of the series all the way through. I enjoyed all the games. I bought them all. I uh, played most of them day 1. And this seems like so my favorite is definitely Saints Row 2 and this seems to be bringing us back to that 2-3 sweet spot. I think that's that is in an, an insane claim to make since we haven't seen any gameplay yet all we've I seen is cinematic I have game. seen gameplay oh man look at this guy's got I did some research he's got some hookups some some backline hookups I just went on YouTube uh, some stuff got shown and uh, it looks it looks like 2 and 3 it looks mostly like 3 the gameplay uh, I saw yeah that- I had seen an article because there's I think like actually this write up I'm looking at they say it does away with the shark jumping insanity found in the series ladder games. Okay. There you it looks go, like it yeah. the silliness while being grounded that's more true to the original two games. But I thought I saw a headline maybe from IGN or maybe it may have even been a tweet that was saying the gameplay was gonna be more rooted in like what three was. So maybe less so my my takeaway from all of that information is should be good gameplay. Maybe less humor silliness than what was in three, but still having just enough to make it feel different from like a GTA game and more like a Saints Row game. So I think there's a good chance that I will buy this game the day it comes out at full price. Yeah, me too. Yeah, no, this is this is one. So Saints Row, yeah, it's one of those franchises. I I love it. I love Saints Row. I like Saints Row better than Grand Theft Auto. Uh, I do not, but I come from, I, I literally, I, I had a PlayStation, the, the original gray PlayStation, and I bought Grand Theft Auto 2 on, like, a discount bin for, like, $7, and it was a top-down pixel game, like, a you know, 32-bit yeah. pixel, and I loved that game, it and I cool. went and bought the first one, and then I went and bought GTA London, I had all of those games for original PlayStation, and when PlayStation, and when GTA 3 was announced for PlayStation 2, I lost my fucking mind at the time. And I don't know, Drew, I, I, you, you knew me then. It was like junior high. I, and mean, I, was I, like, I was aware of the GTA games at that point because of you. Because I did not have a PlayStation um, originally. You know, I had an N64, but I first played um, GTA 1 and 2 at your house because you had them. And I don't know if I would have been as aware of them without that. Yeah, I was. So I've been a GTA fan, like, you know old old gta fan and i will always like gta more and to me uh it's a it's a clone saints row is a gta clone and it's the best one that exists yeah it's unashamedly a gta clone definitely they scream it from the mountaintops they're fine with that they want you to know that because they want you to play it (laughs) yeah but they definitely have a lot of stuff that's their own uh and yeah i definitely like it more than uh, grand theft auto that being said, Grand Theft Auto Online, I mean, you can't really touch that. But uh, Let's see if there's a Saints Row Online and meet back in 20. Dude, know. that would be insane. <laughs> that would. I'm looking forward to the possibility. Yeah. So it sounds like Fresh Out the Box agrees. We're looking forward to this one. Yeah, Saints Row, uh, It's. I'm certified excited. I don't know if it's certified fresh. <laughs> I want to mention, as far as being certified excited... I love me some Lego games, and they showed some more of a, of Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. 
Oh, which has boy. been delayed a few times. It's supposed to come out in spring 2022, but it collects all nine of the uh, Skywalker Saga Star Wars movies in one Lego game. I'll be all about it, playing all those different characters. Do you want to talk about uh, about Lego Masters since you brought up Legos? Because I, I want to talk about Lego Masters since you brought up Lego. You know what? Let's, let's hold it for now. Let's get through some Gamescom stuff because... With Lego Star Wars, that's all I gotta say about it. We'll, we'll save it for your fresh takes because I know you're a big Lego Masters guy, and I don't want it to get yeah. buried in the games. I am a here. I'm a big Lego Masters guy. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And uh, last episode we talked about Death Stranding a little bit. And I mentioned the director's cut that you know that's included here in some of their announcements. Call of Duty Vanguard. I don't know if that's something that y'all have any interest in from the Call of Duty front. I do not like Call of Duty. So I, I like Call of Duty as much as I like sports games. Um, I like to play a Madden game every seven or eight years or so. And I like to play a Call of Duty game every seven or eight years or so. I don't think the genre moves fast enough for me to be invested in the, uh, in the entire Call of Duty discography as it are, the gameography. I know that they, they get a lot of shit for having a really uh, horrible, toxic fan base of over-masculine <laughs> yeah. over type of, of, of guys. But also, it's a fun first-person shooter tactical game, and there's not a lot of first-person shooters that are doing it as well as Call of Duty right now. Uh, you know, it's simple stuff that we've always wanted, like shooting through wooden surfaces and not being able to shoot through stone. Uh, cover versus concealment there 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 are just things that call of duty does right that feel good and so um i'm just i'll wait a few years i'll get another one i like squad based games i like teams teamwork and all that business so there's another game that was announced called Dokev, I think is how you say it, which Dokev. I think this is what I wanted to talk about. Man, so like, not much is known uh, about this yet. This was, uh, just, this this game came out of nowhere. Uh, and it just kind of stole the show. People were talking about it. People were talking about it everywhere. Uh, and it looks, I've heard it described as uh, Ghostbusters meets Pokemon with like a sprinkling of Monster Hunter uh, supposedly it's multiplayer. You can go around this gigantic city, uh, with your friends, uh, and you go and battle these monsters in kind of like monster hu uh, hunter style combat. Um, and you can capture them and fight with them. It looks insane. And it what is quite possibly, fuck? huh? I said, what the fuck? That sounds awesome. Dude, it was, I think, it, uh, I'm watching clips of it right now. It looks pretty fun. And some of the gameplay and maneuvering around the city kind of reminds me of um, Sunset Overdrive. If y'all ever played that on Xbox, that's what the, except it looks cheap because the characters are, look like kids. So it looks <laughs> a little bit more silly, but that's what the, the gameplay and there's vehicles, cars, jet skis, all kinds of stuff that I've seen in, just in this video that I'm watching. Yeah, no, it looks it looks so good, and like this is what I was talking about, where we're starting to see these next gen titles that look next gen. This game looks clean. The graphics are beautiful. You know, they're not going for hyper realism. It's very cartoony, but 
at the same time, it looks... I, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful game. There's a lot going on in any given frame there of this is. game. Judging <laughs> from what I'm looking at. I, I, I want to play this game right now, and I never want to stop. Because I'm a huge fan of Pokemon, Monster Hunter, uh, and Ghostbusters. So, you know, like, I'm, I'm in all the way on this. Uh, and I believe it's from a Korean company. So, like, good for you. Like, does not look like there's a release date or anything at this no, time. No, this was just, just I, this was one of those, like, out of nowhere, no one had heard anything about it. Just like, boom, look at this. Uh, and and I've, I've been looking. From a studio called Pearl Abyss. Never heard of them. So, we'll see. I expect big things. If they, if they live up to the hype I'm building up in my own head, this will be one of the best games ever. And then we got, uh, let's see, Halo Infinite. Of course, they were not in, on Microsoft's uh, stream, but they were as part of the opening night ceremony. And um, I believe a couple episodes ago when we talked about Halo co-op, I wrongly stated um, I thought that the that Halo Infinite would be releasing in November. And I was wrong. Uh, we got an official release date. It is coming out December 8th is when Halo Infinite will be on xbox game pass and in stores so so i i have a question drew and you're probably right because you probably did research but i noticed that when i was going through the xbox store and looking at the dates that it said that was halo infinite multiplayer comes out december 8th and it, it literally showed a different cover and so i don't know if they're doing something like call of duty where they have a multiplayer download and a single player download, or if the single player comes out before, I, I don't know if you could clear that up. So I believe, okay. So I I don't know this off the top of my head, and just because we're live, I'm not gonna do all the research. But I believe, you know, as we know, all the Xbox Game Studios games come to Game Pass day one. Mm. But I believe. Halo Infinite multiplayer is free to play even if you do not have Game Pass. So That's I believe, cool. I, be, I believe, if I have my facts right, Halo Infinite is free to play if you have an Xbox. Just like uh, Splitgate, you know, that we played, or Fortnite, or any of those, I believe Halo Infinite multiplayer is free to play. I'm assuming if you have Game Pass, there will be additional perks and such affiliated with that. Of course, the single player is part of the full game experience, which you would have to purchase or be a Game Pass subscriber. So I believe that's why you're seeing a separate entry for Halo Infinite multiplayer, because it will be its own platform that is free to play and so that is exactly what the call of duty Warzone is is call of duty you have to buy and you have to play it if you're going to play the ptsd inspiring campaign and if the uh the multiplayer like the the squad based stuff the planning the bomb and, and getting the zones all that stuff you is part of the paid call of duty but Warzone is their 64-person drop-in battle royale open-world map, and that one's free to play. And it's a different download, and you it really kind of annoyed the shit out of me because it's huge. It's like 100 gigs, and you have to have it installed if you want to play the regular stuff in the regular game because it's now part of the game. And so, like, I didn't want to play that, right? I just want to play Hardcore Search and Destroy, but now 100 gigs of my Xbox are stored up 
because of this Verdansk crap that I don't want to I don't want to mess with. Um, so I, I hope I, I don't know. I, I that is kind of you know the same type of thing going on here. It looks like I hope that we're not stuck to. Ha- I, I'm gonna play the multiplayer anyways, right? It's Halo, so yeah. I don't mind being stuck to having to download the multiplayer. Uh, but I, there may be a point where I uninstall the campaign half of the game uh, after I've beaten the co-op a few times. If that's, you know, if it lets me, that's kind of my point. It's kind of cool. So I am looking at the Halo Infinite website. So this is like the Xbox website, Halo Infinite page. And it does say here, Halo celebrated multiplayer returns, reimagined and free to play. So, so there you go. Now it does say, of course, um, you know, get Halo Infinite the same day it's released with, if you have Game Pass, I'm assuming that's referring to the campaign and so on and so forth. I'm not sure um, if they've really announced what exactly, what features will be limited to the retail release slash Game Pass release compared to just the free-to-play multiplayer. But they're doing, you know, like you see in Fortnite, like you see in in Call of Duty, any of the very popular multiplayer games now, you know, it's going to have seasonal updates so there are yeah. these seasons you know so you can buy into the season pass get updates um i yeah, believe one of the things i had the new I formula had, mm-hmm. and one, one of the things i had read that i thought was really cool about halo infinite's multiplayer compared to something like call of duty is that the seasons so they will have you know unlockables like cosmetics and things like that for your spartans that'll be tied to certain seasons but every season will be available so for example you know if you're if they're on season three is the current season of halo infinite multiplayer but there's a cosmetic that you really want that's from season one you can go and buy the season the season one pass and go earn that cosmetic you want whereas in call of duty once you're on to the next season the past seasons are no longer available they're done you know, so, they're tied to those old ones. There's this big wave of FOMO going through video games right now, fear of missing out. And um, Nintendo is guilty of it, and Microsoft yeah. is guilty of it, where they put these sales on their shop where you either buy it and you get it, or you don't, and you'll never have that opportunity again. And I've always felt that way about, you know, it, it in League of Legends, that's how it was when a skin came out. You could buy this Christmas skin and you had like three or four weeks to do it. And then it was going to be put in the vault and it might come back out next year, but you probably wouldn't see it for three or four years. And that is sort of a predatory practice, right? Because you want to buy it. But that's also how anything works. Like that's how it works at fast food restaurants. They have this limited time item. You go and buy it right now. Or there's a sale at a store. You know, we have a sale this weekend. You come and buy this shit right now. It won't be here next season. So I... I actually kind of, I can't believe I'm saying this, I kind of liked in Sea of Thieves these timed events where if you didn't go and do the work and get the skin, you didn't have it. And I like that in Halo, if you're a day one player, you're going to get yeah. the day one badge and, and the, the season one armor. That's cool to me. That's that's something that you have earned as a longtime player, not something that someone who bought the game today should be able to get by next week. Uh, I... I I see what they're doing. It's they're, it's anti-FOMO, which I like. But I also, just in this particular circumstance, I don't like it. I kind of want my if I want my collector shit. Do, you know I, what I mean? I do like it's cool having stuff. 
that other people can't get because you put yeah. in the work. Like it's it's cool. It makes you feel special. Uh, and you're like, hey, that guy's wearing that season one helmet. They must have been playing mm-hmm. a long time. Like you know, I don't know. I I actually do. It can be predatory, but. Uh, I definitely, especially in the case where it's something you have to do quests and you don't spend money on, I feel like, like, that's great. Uh, when it comes to spending money on exclusives, uh, it's less great, but, you know, I bought, uh, God knows how much money I spent on League of Legends. Uh, and I love Christmas skins, so it is what it is. I'll have to link you to a website later. There's one that you can type in your account name on and it can tell you exactly how much money you spent. I don't know if I want to know. (laughs) Ever since I did that, I have never considered buying another skin in another freemium game. Uh, League of Legends really took advantage of me in my 20s and my wallet. The way that Drew bought comic books in his 20s is the way that I bought League skins. Like a boss? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's Halo. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to play it, so... The, the next big game, um, and I know you had this on your list as well, oh Jahan, God. Is, is it time? Marvel's Midnight Suns. Is, is that what you're time? waiting for? I cannot. There's no game. I will say flat out right now, immediately, the first thing I'm going to say is I am not excited for any game half as much as I'm excited for this game. This game was made for me. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like this game, so it's brought to you by Firaxis. Firaxis makes two You're of the my big XCOM guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two of my all-time favorite. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Yeah, two, two of my favorite franchises: XCOM and Civilization. Uh, I, I, I love XCOM. XCOM is my all-time favorite franchise, probably. I'd say, um, and they're making this game. I've seen gameplay footage. I. And, like, my blood is on fire right now. I need this game. Uh, I don't know how you feel about Midnight Suns. Like, I so I don't know that much about them. I'm mostly aware of them because of the set bonus you can get for equipping them in games like Ultimate Alliance. Uh, But I've always loved the magical side of any mythology. So, like, DC, uh, Marvel, I love the magic characters. Uh, And the characters in this are some of my all-time favorite. I can't wait to play as Blade, Magic, uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, it's just it's it, Ghost Rider. It's gonna be great. There's also a only, create you know? a character thing, right? Yeah, you can create a character. Uh, what was that, Drew? Is this next gen only? I I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I hope not. I'll pl- I'll get it on PC if I have to. Uh, I'm I, looking at the gameplay now. It looks smooth. Uh, but yeah, Gary, <laughs> you are right. So that's one of the big things that you can never do in Marvel properties. You get to make a custom character, supposedly. That's that's my understanding. Uh, and so you get, I'm, I assume you get to pick power sets and stuff like that, and you get to make a Marvel character that gets to fight alongside the Midnight Suns. And like, dude, so I, I like I already got my team picked out. I'm ready. Like, <laughs> I'm so excited. It's and like so. I saw gameplay. It's a tactics game. It's a squad-based tactic game. Uh, you get to pick your cadre of heroes, and you set them in this turn-based strategy game. And there is a deck mechanic. So like, you have a deck of ability cards. I, I assume you can customize. 
and manipulate during gameplay. And man, I saw one thing. I saw Wolverine like aim specifically in a, in such a way that when he punched a guy, he flew into like this uh, exploding barrel and exploded. And like the physics were great. Uh, the angle of movement that you could aim people was crazy. Um, and it was just, ugh. I'm so excited. It looks good. I answered my own question. It is, uh, it is not next gen only. So this will be available on Xbox One as well as the series consoles and PS4 and PS5. You're looking at some facts about the game right now. It's not going to be multiplayer, is it? No. There's no way. It doesn't look like a multiplayer experience. Uh, and if so, it looks like it would be versus. That's I'm just uh, based on what I've seen. It does look fun, and I'm gonna play it. But I'm always looking for a co-op version of XCOM, and I can never find a co-op version of XCOM. Yeah, yeah, no, Marvel's definitely. Doing, Marvel's doing cool stuff with their games because they've you know just been um, letting different studios kind of take certain IP or certain characters and do their own thing. And I think they're being careful about it, but also letting studios get creative like you've got this midnight suns obviously you have the um crystal dynamics game that was more you know kind of a uh, like a destiny style you know third person the the avengers game that came out i um, mix success because there I are some play people that game um, i did too right now it's 40 dollars. i was just looked it up last night actually if i can catch that game on sale for 20 i'm gonna pick it up because I think walking around as the Hulk and smashing shit for like an hour would be worth $20 of fun. And I think I would play that game a lot longer than an hour. I just... And then, of course, you've got the Insomniac Spider-Man game, too. Games, I should say. Because they have the Miles Morales. Spider-Man that... games have always been fire. Always. I can actually see uh, my red Spider-Man N64 cartridge from where I'm sitting. Uh, but I just, so I just read something about Midnight Suns. Uh, the character uh, that you are, players will be able to choose the hunter's superpowers from over 40 different abilities. Uh, and you could be male or female, customized in appearance. So, like, yeah, fully customizable, uh, 40 different superpowers for your character, man. <sighs> I need a paper bag. <laughs> like, I'm too excited. <laughs> For the sake of time here, I'll drill through a few of the other. You're getting into Microsoft's show in particular, so if there's any of these that you want to talk about in more detail, let me know. But we got Dying Light 2, Age of Empires 4, Forza Horizon 5, The Gunk, uh, more, more Microsoft Flight Simulator stuff, uh, Humble Games, which are, I think, just some. Uh, independent games coming to to game pass we've got let's see i think those were some of the big things from from microsoft show yeah humble humble uh if it's humble bundle uh they make humble games makes really good games they made uh slay the spire so they make really good indie stuff i was gonna talk about forza horizon 5 just i was gonna say the the date on that one is november 8th that's one that's gonna be free on game pass day one I like the Forza Horizon series. Forza itself is kind of a racing simulator in the form of like Gran Turismo, but Forza Horizon is much more arcadey. It has a lot of off-road racing, a wide open map. It's like, uh, you know, it's wide open in England and there's castles and 
big ramps and stuff. Just, it's a lot more fun in the series. And so I'm looking forward. I put I put some time into the fourth one, and I'm looking forward to the fifth one again. Uh, I am actually excited for a couple of these. Uh, I hadn't heard of Moonglow Bay till just now. That sounds fun. You have to trade I... with frog people in an adorable world to fulfill missions. That sounds awesome. Uh, but also, so two of these were on my radar. Um, so the gunk, I haven't heard anything about that either. That looks cool. That looks really seems cool. like the type of game that I'll like. It's I think it's a single player game where you clean stuff. That's that's all. That's <laughs> a game that I'll for whatever reason get every achievement in. And... I love Super Mario Sunshine. It is my favorite Super Mario game, it, hands down. It's my favorite Mario game, and then Double Dash is number two uh, of any Mario games. So I'm with you on the game where I clean up gunk, bro. I'm 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 there. This game looks pretty. Uh, and it was very well received. Uh, so Age of Empires 4, I am excited for. I've definitely, in my strategy tastes, I have steered back towards turn bases, my favorite. It'll be fun to dive into a RTS again. This game will be available day one on Xbox Game Pass for PC. Uh, just FYI. Uh, and so I'm definitely going to be playing that. Um, what game was that, John? Age of Empires. Age of Empires. Okay, yeah, I okay. I don't know anything about the newest one. I'm I'm curious though. Uh, it looks it looks good. It looks really oh. good. Um, but it is still a real time strategy game. So if that's not doesn't float your boat, this won't either. Um, and then Gary, this one should excite you. Dying Light Two. Uh, Dying the original Dying Light game is co op online. Uh, and so I'm pretty sure this one will be too. And that game looks sick. <laughs> I've never played a Dying Light game. We might have to do that sometime. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I think about those. What is I have uh, Back for Blood on my list. Ooh. Back for Blood is coming out October 12th. And that will be free on Game Pass, even though it's not an Xbox original. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's so very that's, exciting. That's cool. And we played, Jahan and I played the, the beta for Back for Blood and it was really fun and then we played the zombie versus mode and we beat the other people into a pulp straight into oblivion so like they quit out within 30 seconds every time so uh, need to fix their matchmaking but the game is fun and we're looking forward to it they did they did quit out. uh so yeah cult of the lamb is it's a kind of a cute kind of fucked up game from uh devolver digital makers of such games as uh enter the gungeon and many, many other titles. But so you start your own cult in a land of false prophets, venturing out into diverse and mysterious regions to build a loyal community of woodland worshippers and spread your word to become the one true cult. Uh, and it looks fun. Anyone watching, you can see a little video going on. It it looks right up my alley. It looks like a man, like a mixture of cuteness and management. Uh, which I enjoy managing resources for whatever reason. Um, and it's also definitely kind of that enter the gungeon hack and slash run around feel too. It's a little mixture. It, it looks so fun. <laughs> I'm very excited. I play too many games, man. Uh, and uh, as of now, no release date. It says 2022, so... And then I see you also was Jurassic World Evolution two a Gamescom game? Uh, I don't know that it was. I saw it when I was going through uh, Steam the other day, 
And so, and you can ask Gary about it. I told him, and I got way too excited and kind of started <laughs> gushing a bit. Uh, so I, I love Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic Park. I love it. Uh, and then I played Jurassic World Evolution. It was cool. Uh, it was it, it was a little underwhelming in some ways, but they added two of the things that I desperately wanted in the first game. Flying dinosaurs and water dinosaurs. So you can have, like, the SeaWorld experience now. Uh, you can have, like... There weren't, these, even, there weren't even water aquatic ones in the first game? No, there weren't any... Uh, yeah, there weren't any water ones. Uh, no flying ones. You couldn't have, like, the the aviary you couldn't have the sea world experience and that was that was kind of a letdown a lot of the rest of the game was really fun i played the shit out of it i beat the shit out of it on xbox uh and i look forward to uh jess world evolution 2 so there's still something wrong with my brain where i would like that game more if it was co-op like if both people could place <laughs> buildings and fences and yeah. then whenever dinosaurs broke out you went into like a third person uh, Jeep adventure where you had to chase them down and shoot them, drink them in the park and take them back. That's funny. Uh, and then you went back to an RTS style. You're kind of describing Jurassic Park for the Super Nintendo right now. Because <laughs> you kind of, yeah. That's what I want out of a Jurassic Park game. Um, Fair. But I, I feel like I'm not asking for too much. We just have some time to wait until there are titles like that. Yeah. Like almost a Minecraft slash Jurassic Park. <laughs> that could be cool. Let's. I uh, I have another game, right? Limnus Gate. Finally, right? Finally, fucking Limnus Gate. I think I've been talking about Limnus Gate since we started the channel because it was on Xbox Game Store so far before it came out. But September twenty eighth is the release date, and it's supposed to be co op, and it's a first person, turn based. Tactical shooter? I don't know what a first-person turn-based shooter is going to be like. But you can... It's co-op and you can control and rewind time if you need to. So it sounds like it's going to be hard. And it sounds like it's going to be tactical. And it sounds like something that Jahan and I are going to play. Yes. No, we're definitely playing the shit out of this. Pretty sure I have this pre-installed because I think it was just on the Game Pass page of like, hey, pre-install me. I'm coming in September, like months ago. I said, mm-hmm. yeah, pre-install. And I don't even know what it is other than what y'all have just told me right now. So oh. that sounds interesting, though. I like turn-based games, but a, a turn-based first-person game sounds unique, int- intriguing. Yeah, unique. unique. There you go. Um, And Hades. Hades has come. I have have played some Hades. I have played some Hades. Hades has come. Uh, Hades was game of the year last year. Is that right? Very deserving. And I know that some of the big publications, like I know, I think IGN gave it their game of the year, I guess in 2020. Is that when it came out? Mm -hmm. Um, Originally? Yes. I know this game has gotten a lot of love. And when Hades came out, it was just a Switch game. And now Hades is out for PlayStation uh, 4 and 5, and of course Xbox and Series X. And I think, is it out for PC now too? Did that happen? I think so. So now everyone else is finally getting their, their hands on Game of the Year. And so it has, it's blowing up a second time all over again. It's getting tons of good hype. Drew apparently has been playing the crap out of it. I played some Hades, and I saw... I saw an interesting number. Uh, I've always wondered what Game Pass does to the market. 
because uh, I love Game Pass. Jahan and I will say it until we die. Game it's Pass the best is value. the best value in gaming <laughs> that you can it, get right now. It is. And 97% of the physical copies of Hades that have been bought are on PlayStation because everyone on Xbox has it on Game Pass. It's, you know, 3% of the people bought it for a Microsoft platform. So, uh, you know, I guess people are getting Game Pass. Considering the reputation that it had on Switch alone, I mean, coming out Game Pass day one, you know, the same day it was released for Xbox and for PlayStation consoles, and being on Game Pass day one is a huge get for Microsoft. So props to them for whatever they did to get that on the service because they probably would have paid money for that game based on reputation alone. I didn't want to play it on switch i would rather play it on xbox so i i mean i could have bought it before but with it coming to xbox i would have probably paid money for it by itself but i got to play it on game pass day one and i can't even tell you how excited i am for back for blood like i know we keep bringing it up but that's another one of those huge gets to me where it's not your game but you've got it for us on day one and we yeah. would have bought it so like oh my goodness thank you thank no, you thank I, you for that like when Xbox, uh, when Game Pass first started, it was kind of like, eh, you know, they're coming out this and that, and like every now and again they'd have a good game, right? Like lately, they've just been dropping amazing content into Game Pass, and yeah, Hades is definitely one of those games. Uh, Hades is a masterpiece. Uh, the the soundtrack alone is so good. Like me and Jenny jam it out when we play board games, and it's just so <laughs> fun. <laughs> Yeah, um, just to talk more on Hades. I mean, I'm not typically um, one that will put a lot of time into these kind of roguelike games that are require multiple runs. But something about Hades and just how good the combat felt, and it, it's it's one of those games that it's the it's just accessible enough that you you can play it and think like, oh, I'll get better. And the upgrades that you get that that make you better, like. It, it makes the runs very uh, very satisfying for someone like me that usually doesn't play those kinds of games. So um, if if this isn't a genre that typically appeals to you, this is the game that I think could be, you know, could kind of open open that door for you. Yeah, I, I played the shit out of it. Uh, my girlfriend played the shit out of it. My older brother, who is recently getting back into video games because of his husband, uh, is he loves this game and he beat the shit out of it as well and so like you don't have to be a hardcore gamer to like this game this game has a lot to offer like drew said uh every playthrough feels satisfying uh and it doesn't when you die like it propels the story forward like you come back to the home base everybody has new things to say like it's it's so well done even I, the, the curmudgeon of the three, uh, I, I'll say that Hades is certified fresh. Uh, it's I haven't put as much time into Hades as I have into other roguelikes. I'm still a monster train boy. I will probably be a monster train boy until there's a monster train too. But I, I can monster give you the train big... too. Monster plane. <laughs> I, can, I can give it a big. That's Hades is certified fresh out the box for me. I agree. So let's okay. So just to to be clear, let's um. Can we go ahead and kind of put a tie a bow on 
on uh, Gamescom discussion. Like we're pretty much uh, we c- covered everything from the show that we. There really was wanted only to talk about. one more. There's only what one was more. Thing, uh, so we don't have to talk about it too much, but uh, finally we got to see some Elden Ring footage, uh, and oh my god! So it looks like Dark Souls meets Breath of the Wild. Uh, you have a mount that you can summon. Uh, they can go up cliffs. Uh, they have, like, open-world instance. Like, they have people going around that you have to go challenge the fights. Uh, they boast that there are so many ways to do every mission. Uh, and if you don't know anything about Elden Ring, this is a game that story was written originally for this game by George R. R. Martin. Uh, and so, like, that... When I heard that, I was just like, "What? what's it going to be like? And this, this looks very fun. Perfect. So that's Elden Ring, and that's Gamescom. Um, we will move into our... We've kind of already been doing it, but our certified fresh takes, because a lot of our takes were video game related that tied into Gamescom. Um, you know, Garrett, we just talked about Hades, which um, was obviously certified fresh by all of us. Um, I haven't talked about any games. You know, I'm usually so talking about so many different movies and stuff, but for games, I actually have a couple things I've been playing here recently that I do want to touch on. Um, one of these, actually, it's a little delayed, but it is what it is. Um, back at the end of August, when they announced the games that were leaving Game Pass at the end of August, uh, there was a Blair Witch game that I'd had downloaded for a long time. Um, ever since it first came out on Game Pass that I had been wanting to play. And when they announced that it was leaving, I kind of uh, played through it real quick before it left Game Pass just so I could play it. Because um, I like, you know, spooky walking sim type games like that that tell a story. Ooh. And Blair Witch was okay. You can't play it now through Game Pass. It's not on there anymore. So sorry, you can still buy it on the Microsoft Store. But it's it's okay you know it's just tied you know tied into the blair witch lore movies and stuff but told it's its own story is this blair witch evil hides in the woods i don't know if it had that um subtitle because there is there's one that's coming that's out now it says blair witch evil hides in the woods and it says it has vr i don't know if uh this was not a vr game okay because this game seen... looks cool. <laughs> this was developed by Bloober Team. I would say the the most interesting... Uh, so in the game, you have a, a dog companion that can seek out stuff that, that plays a big part in helping you navigate. Because some of you... The game's very dark. You're in the woods. So it's easy to get confused. So your dog really helps to lead you along. I will say the coolest thing about it... Um, of the gameplay stuff that I liked is you have a video camera, which makes sense because Blair Witch and the movies and how they're set up. But one of the things is you find tapes throughout the game that you put into your video game camera that you can view. And sometimes when you're looking through the viewfinder of the camera, you can pause the video and it will affect things in the real world. So for example, you might come to a house and find a tape and the tape shows a video of that house, but in the tape, there's a uh, a second or two where the door to the house is open. So like ah. you could be looking through the video camera, pause it when the door is open, and then when you put the video cam- 
camera away, that door will now be open in real life and you can use you can go through it. So that I like really cool. That. I liked that part of the game. It's it, there's a few cool moments like that, but otherwise it's kind of a slow game. You, I say that it's it's takes about six hours to beat it, <laughs> but the pacing of it even still for the story is a little slow and it was okay, kind of janky, but I did play that worth noting. I also just played the crap out of Psychonauts 2, um, <laughs> which was just released in late August on Game Pass. And this is um, a sequel to Psychonauts, which the original Psychonauts came out, I think, over 15 years ago. This is a sequel that's been asked for by fans um, for that long, and now it's finally here. Um, it's actually out on both Xbox and PlayStation because it had been announced for both consoles before Microsoft acquired Double Fine because Double Fine is now an Xbox game studio. Um, but this, the agreement for it to be on both consoles was before. Um, but of course, X, Xbox uh, gamers get it on Game Pass. And uh, I love this game, man. It's just super creative and funny. And the whole premise... Um, deals a, a lot around um they're, the psychonauts they're basically agents that they can jump into people's brains and figure out things that are that are wrong with them and such and the brains are very um cra crazy themed worlds for platforming that have a cool look but um so all your powers are psychic powers and you go into all these different brain worlds and it's very fun i did um play it kind of obsessively after it came out and i have beat it at this time um but really enjoyed it it's a you know single player platforming game so if that's your thing go for it i know that's not usually your jam gary but i loved it it's I... not my jam it sounds cool it gives me like banjo kazooie vibes with the, the cool crazy worlds and the different powers and stuff uh, just from your description i definitely so intend to play it yeah, the intro level of this game, for example, you're in the mind of this kind of crazy dentist character. So imagine the world is all tooth themed. So, that you know, like crazy teeth and tongues and it's weird. And if you have any kind of... It, actually, I think the game has a warning at the beginning if you have like a... Whatever the proper term is for basically a dental phobia, because there are people that have issues with with teeth and those visuals and the whole first level is themed around that so if you if that you know irks you then it wouldn't be the the game for you um oh no i'm trying to think of some of the other other themes oh. are you seeing some images from it now i looked up teeth phobia while oh, no. on probably don't want to do that while on google image i almost threw up uh <laughs> It's called dentophobia. Dentophobia. There you go. So I, maybe don't Google search that one because you might see things. You I'm might, forever if you don't changed. Have dentophobia, you might have it after looking at those things. I need a psycho not to help me. Now. You need a psycho uh, not look up be the fear of teeth. Dentophobia. But there's, we've, you know, we've actually played a tabletop game before with somebody who that was their line that was their veil is they said uh no teeth they you know we were playing a horror game and that was all good and fine but without a focus on teeth 
Um, and then I will also say, so moving on from video games, and I, of course we can't get through a show without me talking about some movies, and um, at the time that this podcast comes out, last week is when Shang-Chi came out in theaters. I didn't want to talk about it too much then because it was the Saturday after it had come out exclusively in theaters, not on streaming anywhere. So I knew a lot of people probably hadn't seen it. Um, I'm sure a, a lot more people at this point, if they want to see it, will ha will have seen it. Maybe um, it looks like it was at, at the time we were recording this. It seemed like it was going to be doing pretty good at the box office. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes, because obviously due to um, the current state of the pandemic, the, the box office has been taking a hit. Once again, we just saw some delays from Paramount. You know, Top Gun was supposed to come out around Thanksgiving. It's moved to next summer, um, moved again. And um, Jackass 4 is supposed to come out in October. It's moved to February now. So Jackass 4, to me, seems like one of those ones they could release on HBO Max. I don't need to go to the theatrical experience that is Jackass 4. Uh, just fucking release your prank show. So that's actually, it's a Paramount movie. So talk about getting your subscribers because Paramount Plus, you know, they've rebranded and it's, you know, they, they don't have that many exclusive movies or anything on there yet that are exclusive to that. So put Jackass 4 on Paramount Plus. There are, people will subscribe for that. I think you'd be surprised. I will subscribe for it. I won't pay for it. I'll do the one-week trial and watch it and quit. But <laughs> if there's anything else on there that catches my attention, well, maybe, just maybe, I'll stay. It sounds like you need to watch Yellowstone. Oh, that reminds me, Drew. Um, that reminds me of the Orville and Disney+. Plus. Yeah, we so, were talking about that in chat recently. I wanted to I wanted to pick your brain on it because I've been thinking about it all day. Um so the Orville to me I thought would be like a, a Hulu flagship show or like an FX show to keep people watching over there. Mm -hmm. And it's strange to me that it's going to be on Disney Plus. It is weird. And, and the reason the only reason I can think is that um, they want to show that they, they want to put that show in front of a different demographic. And they thought that Disney Plus's demographic was going to be kids. We all thought it was going to be kids, except Loki wasn't really for kids, right? It wasn't not for kids, but it's aimed towards towards our age demographic. And WandaVision, I think, is aimed towards 20-somethings. And The Orville, I think, is the same demographic. I think it's the same people. And so my, my theory is they're just trying to get it in front of a different group of people who didn't even know that they wanted to watch it. Uh, what do you think, Drew? Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to hear the pitch meeting for why they decided, you know, of of Disney, who right now has majority stake for with Hulu and, um, you know, and, and FX is an, is a Hulu, you know, they they put a lot of their shows on Hulu. It's all kind of under the Disney umbrella. But the, I'd be interested to hear the, their behind the scenes reasoning for Disney Plus in particular on this, just because like. You know, all your Star Wars content is on Disney Plus, and the Orville is kind of more Star Trek based, right? Like it's kind of more not spoofing because it it does take itself seriously. So I think absolutely, as Seth Seth MacFarlane would even tell you that it is absolutely Star Trek based, and yeah, it it's a comedy show, sure, and it's not a spoof show. It's really good, and 
I've seen every episode, the show actually pushes a lot of good moral values and uh, a pretty decent political agenda. As, as far as you know, TV shows yeah. that, are pol- that are political, that one is is one. They that do I some agree gender identity there. stuff that's really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I agree with a lot of the values that that show is pushing. So uh, I like the show. I like Seth MacFarlane. Uh, I like a lot of his work. Not all of it. That's one that I think I think Orville might be his best work. That's possible. It is really good. Yeah, I'll have to catch the Orville. I have I haven't watched it yet, and I've heard good things. So oh, I yeah. will. It should be good for you. Yeah, if you like any of Seth MacFarlane's work, this I think Orville is the best of all of all of it. And and I'm a I like Family Guy enough. You know, I think Family Guy was probably his best work before that. I didn't care for A Million Ways to Die in the West or American Dad, <laughs> uh, but Orville's very good. I I actually liked. A, a thousand ways to die in the ways. And then, uh, so actually bring it full circle with Disney Plus. So um, back to Shang-Chi for a second. So obviously, I honestly thought that with the pandemic and the current state of where we are, that they were going to pivot because um, they had been saying, you know, after Black Widow and Jungle Cruise were on Disney Plus premiere access as well as being in theaters. Um, Shang-Chi was going to be in theaters exclusively, right? But with a 45-day theatrical window. So I think either via Premiere Access or just available to rent, um, you know, on iTunes, whatever, in 45 days, that should be available. But otherwise, you know, it is it is exclusively in theaters. I thought with the Delta variant and everything, they were going to pivot and at the last minute put it on Disney Plus Premiere Access. They did not. Um it might Which, have something to do with the Black Widow lawsuit from Scarlett Johansson. Maybe their legal I, team advised against it or something. Possibly so. Um, all I'll say about Shang-Chi, because I don't want to spoil anything, it's too early, but I really enjoyed it. Um, actually, a lot more than I expected to, which is what I said about Black Widow, <laughs> ironically. But I liked this more than I liked Black Widow. So I'll put it, I'll put it that way. I thought this was better. It's one of the better... Um, marvel origin story movies i think um it does a great job in you know in its in its genre and all of the you know the kung fu movies and styles that it takes inspiration from um tony leung who's obviously an absolute legend um is in this movie as as the father and and main villain character he's just excellent i mean he kills it uh every scene that he's on demands attention but simu lu who plays shang chi uh super charismatic very fun um all i'll say is that i think he's gonna fit into the mcu a lot more seamlessly than i expected i I didn't really know and after seeing it i'm like okay i get it this this is pretty cool so hell yeah um, I'll be excited for I, I know I'm the only one of us that has seen this so far yeah. but uh, maybe once y'all catch it we can do a, a more in-depth spoiler discussion because it's definitely one that I'll, I'll want to talk about more I feel like I'm excited um, to do that yeah. I'm the I'm the only of my friends at this point that has gone out to a theater to see it so I don't, haven't had anybody to talk about it with yet so I'll, I'll be excited for for y'all to see it so we can chat about it maybe I can go to like an early showing Tuesday or something. Uh, did you guys see the short 
on Disney Plus with the Mandarin? I did. I know that it had been released, I think, on the Iron Man 3 Blu-ray. They were doing those Marvel one-shots on some of the Blu-ray releases, I think, is where they came out. So this was the first time that this clip had been put on Disney Plus, even though I know it had come out a few years ago. I hadn't seen it before this. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I believe it's called Hail to the King. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. It actually, I would say that if you're planning to see Shang-Chi, this should be required viewing for you to see. <laughs> that makes before. sense. Yeah, I feel like it probably definitely. I like how early they set this up, man. They just, they have that, that foresight, Marvel. But yeah, Kevin Feige. Uh, Kevin Feige lives in like a, a web of strings that connect storylines. I can't imagine that that guy's office looks rem remotely sane. There has to be so many timelines he keeps track of and so many Easter eggs that he okays. Uh, he, he is truly has the foresight that makes the Marvel universe so great. So this was part of the Thor, the Dark World Blu-ray. Gotcha. Wow, that was a long time ago. Uh, for, I guess, for... You know, it, it just bridges. It it features Trevor Slattery, which is uh, Ben Kingsley's character from Iron Man Three, who obviously had taken the name the Mandarin in that film, but was just an actor, you know, playing a role. Um, when really it was Aldrich Killian was the main villain of that movie. Well, the in this, I'll, I think I can I can spoil it at this point. You can spoil it, that, it's yeah, little, no problem. This little one shot. Basically, he's in prison. Trevor Slattery's in prison and is visited by some by some uh, enforcers of the real Mandarin, who is mad that Trevor Slattery had taken on the the Mandarin name or had had used that name, and so and the, and the ten rings connected with it. So, uh, so it is actually a pretty good lead into to Shang Chi because you know it it alludes to the fact that there is a real Mandarin out there and and that is the villain of, of Shang-Chi. So there's always a real Mandarin out there. That's that's the Mandarin. Uh he's planned ahead. He's not just ten steps ahead, he's he's ten thousand steps ahead. He's ten rings ahead. Um I have been watching Lego Masters. And particularly I have been watching Lego Masters UK and Lego Masters Australia what? because I had to span out my Lego Master knowledge. So you've become such a Lego Masters head that you've sought out Lego Masters from other countries. Just so am I getting this right? That's correct. I have hey, now I watched it. every season of Lego Masters ever made in every country. That is what a made. legend. I didn't what know what this guy is. Other country versions let me tell you the australian lego masters is better it's better than the american one even though it has a less production value and the uk one is probably the worst one uh, i think that was the pilot version where they were seeing if they could make a show and so they like picked all their contestants from like a big lego convention instead of having you know a huge variety of people to choose from and then so it's and it's also kids versus adults in that UK season. And so there's kind of a strange dynamic in that show where they haven't quite figured out their stride yet. Lego Masters Australia? 
I don't know what it is about that show. Since it's a less production value, there's actually more focus on the building and less production on stupid fucking Will Arnett bits and jokes and cutaways and CG. And it's just all about the Lego, man. And people there in Australia are not Americans. So they're friendlier to watch and they're just the camaraderie there is so much better. Their host is more personable. Uh, it's it's good. Uh, and then I, then I went, watch, went back and watched the new episodes of Lego Masters. I'm all caught up uh, with Will Arnett and his bullshit. I got some catching up to do. I also love Lego Masters. So Gary is the Lego Masters master. Lego seems. Masters is certified fresh out the box. I mean, what a cool concept. I've, you know, I've always loved Legos so much. And also on Hulu. I've been watching Lego Masters on Hulu. Also on Hulu is still Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Reservation Dogs. I'm still watching both of those. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is still doing those double episode releases. Uh, they're still moving their plot forward. They're driving these characters in towards a beautiful ending. I, I can't wait. Um, I'm just not sure a single one of them is going to be at the precinct by the end. I actually watched the first episode of Reservation Dogs. What Uh, did you think? I enjoyed it. So I actually, um, I just recently had a quick trip to Oklahoma to visit some friends there. I I go every year around late August to do a, I've been in a fantasy football league with some of some friends there for about a, about a decade now and so every year i go up there and in, in person and have my draft with them and uh while i was there they were talking reservation dogs i knew that gary had um spoke highly of it recently they're all about it of course because it takes place in oklahoma and this is the type of stuff that they they have seen in person and so um they were actually caught up on it but they're like hey watch you got to watch this first episode and so i did i watched it with them and I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I need to watch more of it. I think to see how much I really like it. Which they have sung its praises. Gary, obviously, you're still watching it, um, but the characters and stuff they they really like. And and I, but I did watch the first episode. I enjoyed it, but I have not watched more yet. I've seen the first two or three. I think I watched everything that was available when I watched it. Um, how are you feeling about it, John? I loved it. It was great. Uh, it's so so apparently it's the one of the first shows ever to feature an all native cast and directing team. Uh, it's got they got they got them on the the writing board like it's it's representation at its finest. Um, and they're telling really good stories, very human stories. Um, and it and it's uh, I I love slice of life. I love to see these shows or movies that really take you to this place and it really does bring you and kind of show you what their lives are like uh with I know that, some humor i know that i've told you guys uh Jahan has seen it of course i drew i told you about letter kenny and how this show reminds me of letter kenny how there just there's a vibe there that i can't quite put my finger on well the most recent episode started with tannis from Letterkenny, the the actress that plays, she's a native in, in Letterkenny, and she plays uh, a Native American in this, and she's like a shapeshifter who might be killing people, but it's all in Big's dreams. Big is the uh, the police chief in the town, or the, the sheriff that it kind of follows around, 
and it might be big like daydreams when he falls asleep and maybe he saw like a skinwalker when he was a kid because big kind of believes in some of those old native legends and so immediately when she was the first character on camera i was like Tennis from Letterkenny. So even, you know, there was something there for me, right? I couldn't put my finger on it. And now a character from one show is in the other. And I'm just like, I know it. I know that there's something, someone somewhere on that crew or production. They, they watch Letterkenny or they work together. Uh, it, it's those shows belong together. If you like one, I think you'll like the other. I actually like Reservation Dogs more, I think. The- I, and that's fine, but I still think that if you like one, you'd you'd like the other. I do I, also I like Letterkenny, yeah. believe that in my heart. I think they're a cut of the same cloth somehow. Uh, and they're both slice-of-life shows about, you know, people who aren't Texans. So maybe that's why I like them. Because you get to get out of here? <laughs> oh, maybe. For a few minutes in my mind. Um, um, I'll definitely think, watch more of Reservation Dogs. That's so, all um, I have, man. I uh, I recommend I, I can recommend it. I I say Reservation Dogs certified fresh out the box. Brooklyn Nine Nine still certified fresh. There's um before we sign off, there's one more movie I really want to sing the praises of um, that I just watched, and talking about the, you know the awards race. This is one of the ones that's already being being thrown around in the best picture category for this year, this year that it could, it could be ranked. It's, it's really early to see, you know, we have to see what other comes out, but this was kind of a, uh, I think a Sundance darling from this year that actually got picked up by Apple TV plus. Um, but it's called Coda C O D A Coda, um, which actually has a, has a double meaning here. So Coda, if you know music terms, you know, is the, term for i think like kind of the ending portion of a of a musical piece that's kind of distinct from from the main piece um so it's a musical term but also it stands for um uh i believe it's child of deaf adults or children of deaf adults is another meaning for coda so um the film coda is about a uh a high school aged girl who is the only member of her family who can hear. So she has, her parents are deaf and her brother is deaf and she uh, has her hearing and she has a passion for singing. And that's what she loves to do. And not only that, but she's really good at it. And um, which of course is difficult for her because her family can't hear her. So they have a difficult time understanding her passion and the dream that she wants to pursue when the family really relies on her uh, to be an interpreter for them since they cannot hear and enter in with their community. Um, it's, it's definitely, you know, a, a very heartwarming drama when you watch it, the way that it plays out. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was, was fantastic. This, um, it, it definitely got to me. It made me feel the emotions, um, but I highly uh, recommend it to anybody listening. But Coda, it is on Apple TV Plus, um, streaming exclusively there. So if you have a, a uh, if you're enjoying your Apple TV Plus for Ted Lasso, just go ahead and and give Coda a stream too, because you you already have access to it. Might as well watch it. But so far, this is one of the best movies I've seen this year. High praise, high praise. No, it definitely sounds good. Uh, sounds like the kind of thing I would be interested in watching. You there's, have... there's a thing 
Oh, go ahead, Gary. I was going to say, you have made me watch uh, Goreman, Psycho Goreman, <laughs> and you have made me watch Pig. And so I'm going to skip a recommendation from you. I'm just going to skip one <laughs> and then I'll come back. But you have been, I'm going to skip one. Hey, you're two for two with me, Brady. I'll, I'll definitely watch this one. Yeah, it's you're two bad, for two with me, go, too. If I could go back in time knowing your tastes, I absolutely would have said you could skip Psycho Gorman. <laughs> you could maybe skip Pig. This is the one that I think you would you would actually maybe, maybe enjoy. Um, I like coming-of-age type movies in general anyway. Um, so this, you know, is already right there. There's a thing that happens in the film community that's pretty interesting with a movie like this that's like they almost will... will criticize it for being too feel good you know by the end of it um but that doesn't bug me at all man this i i just had good emotions watching this movie i i I really enjoyed it and and of course the um the parents and brother are played by real deaf actors so that's worth noting you know so it's very authentic um the mother is played by uh marley matlin who's actually won an oscar was the first deaf actress to win an oscar i believe was the first harley matlin i believe i've seen her in uh she's been in law and order and lots of other stuff uh mm-hmm. i think i know who you're talking about yeah so she plays uh the mother in this but um yeah so i highly recommend it definitely uh certified fresh for me so i'd love if, if y'all watch it and want to give thoughts on it on a future show please do i might do that otherwise that's it for me yeah, I think that's all we have for tonight. Uh, you good, Gary? Yes, sir. Uh, just tell everybody where to find us on social medias and such, everybody. Uh, yeah, you can follow me, uh, Jahananon, at RockFact on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at CasualtyCDG. And, of course, Jahan and I are always doing tabletop role-playing stuff, board game stuff, every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on Twitch.tv backslash Jahananon. We also have a Facebook and a YouTube uh, we are always playing stuff that's not D&D, and it's nothing personal against D&D. It's just there's a lot of D&D streamers out there. Uh, in fact, we love D&D. We, we love D&D as much as anybody else, and when 6th edition comes out, we're going to play the crap out of that too. But look forward to a Dune tabletop game adventure coming up. Look forward to Modern Age. Uh, we have an Expanse game on Thursdays, and we are looking forward to an Avatar Last Airbender game at some point within the coming months. So uh, if, if you're interested in any of that stuff, follow us and stick around and keep coming. Of course, if you're one of the podcast listeners and for some reason you want to tune in and see us talk when when we're not doing anything, you can always come to twitch.tv Jahananon and catch us live recording and talking uh, every other me. Saturday. You can find me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter, at Drew's Blues on TikTok. Um, and thank you all for listening to the 10th episode of Fresh Out the Podcast. And I have a hashtag. If you made it to the end of this episode, get ready. This one's a, mouth, a mouthful, but I like it. Hashtag Gary, the Lego Master's Master. <laughs> so go ahead and tweet uh, hashtag Gary the Lego Masters Master at any of us and all of us on Twitter and we will make sure to get back to you. If you work with Fox and you work with the Lego Masters people, just let them know that I said that you can cut Will Arnett. He's costing your show too much money and both of the actual Lego Masters from Denmark are better hosts for the show. 
All right. <laughs> I know that all the folks at Fox just heard that, and uh, I think that's it from us from here at uh, Fresh Out the Podcast. We will catch you next time. Bye. I hope I didn't just get Will Arnett fired.